today we're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about how to extend forgiveness because I, I know that for all of us, if you're not there now, you will be. At some point, somebody's going to hurt you. It may be intentional. It may be unintentional. But you're going to get your feelings hurt. It's happened. It's happened to me. It'll happen. But in Mark chapter 6, and it's sitting in your notes, but in Mark chapter 6, the very beginning of that chapter, Jesus couldn't do many miracles. This is Jesus, the Son of God, who, who does miracles, who had, had seen all kinds of miraculous things. And it says that he couldn't do many miracles in his hometown because of two things, unbelief and offense. People got offended. People got hurt, and they held on to it. And they, they were offended. And it limited, didn't limit Jesus, because you can't limit Jesus. But you can limit what he can do in your life. You can limit what he can do in and through you, because sometimes to have room for what God wants to do, you got to get rid of other stuff. you got to clear some things out inside your own life. And today, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to just take everything you've ever heard about forgiveness, what you think about right now. Some of you are already gone to that place of a person that hurt you. And I'm asking you to do your best right now to just really focus in on what the word says. Not on the feelings that you're feeling right now, not on the stuff, focusing on the word says. Because I, I know God wants all of us to be mature believers. And maturity doesn't come when we say mature. Maturity comes when people see it. If you have to convince somebody only with your words, I think, I think there's a good argument to say you probably aren't mature. We have to be, it's being able to demonstrate it. I know there's certain things I should do, but doing them can be a whole new battle. And we need to understand some things today when it comes to forgiveness. Now, let's look at Luke 23, verse 34. This is when Jesus is on the cross. He has been beat. He has been spit on. He has been whipped. He is a bloody mess. He has been mistreated. He's been accused of things he's never done. He's been blasphemed. He's had a crown of thorns shoved down on his head. He's had nails driven through his hands, through his feet, and he was innocent. I'm talking verb, physical beatdown, worse than anything you could probably imagine. And the very people that did it, he looks at them and he says this, Father, forgive them. None of those soldiers at the time said, hey, Jesus, listen, I know, we should not have done that. I should not have driven that nail in you. I am so sorry. He didn't wait on them to express their wrong. He forgave them. He forgave them. Not based on them, based on his love. That he forgave them. And said, listen, don't hold this against them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. Let me just tell you this so far. There's a lot of people that hurt you. It's not always because they're bad people. 
Sometimes they just don't understand. Sometimes they've been hurt, and hurt people hurt people. And, and there's a lot of things that can happen, but we got to be really careful to make sure that we do our part. And Jesus showed us forgive. Anytime we read that, I've even said it early on. The Lord showed me this a while back, a couple, a few years ago. But I was thinking, yeah, but you know what? That's Jesus. Of course he can forgive. He walked on water too. He's Jesus. He's the son of God. Let's go over to Acts. Stephen is being stoned. Okay, he's being killed for his faith. And it says they stoned him and Stephen prayed, Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, listen to what he shouts. This is Stephen. This is just Stephen, a man. Okay, Jesus was here as a man, but it was hard for you to think that, well, just as a man, but if he wasn't Jesus, it would have been a lot harder. Here's Stephen, who was just a man. And he says, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. These rocks are hitting him. These stones are hitting him. He's dying, his last breath. And who does he think about on his last breath? The people that are killing him. And he said, Father, don't hold it against him. And then he died. That's, that's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. Now here's, here's, here's how we can understand forgiveness. Let's look at what God has done for us. Look at Romans 5, 8. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Do you know Jesus loved you when you weren't even serving him? When you were still living a life completely anti him, he loved you anyway. He didn't send Jesus to, uh, to pay for your sins because you asked him to. He did it because he loves you. And he didn't want that held against you. And while you were still in it, Christ died for you. While you were still there. Psalms 103 verses 1 through 3. A psalm of David, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget. Say those two words. Never forget the good things that he has done for me. Let's not forget what he's done. And look at the first thing he says after that. He forgives all, say all, all of my sins. All of my sins. What about the bad ones? Is it sin? Then he forgives you. Well, I was really angry and I said that. Is it, is, was it wrong? Is it sin? Yes. But are you, does he forgive you? Yes. He forgives you. Why? Because his love for you. He loves you. He's not up there with, listen, I said this a couple weeks ago, but um, when I was in school and you were in trouble, they would write your name on the board. And if you did it again, they put a check by it and another check. And I would go sometimes two boards over. I'd be like, man, I had like 12 checks today. And I'd get a note home and I'd get, you know, I'd get in what they called in-school suspension, which was like study hall all day. And I would be there. But you know what? Jesus does not have a chalkboard up in heaven and say, mm-hmm, Jenkins. I oh, now you're getting all upset. Uh-huh. Blaming me. Uh-huh. He's not up there doing that. 
He's not doing that. We have this false idea. We see God the way we handle each other. And really, it should be opposite. We should see each other the way God handles us. Instead of treating God the way we treat people, we should treat people the way, we treat, the way God treats us. That's how we should do it. Because let me tell you something. If you think you have to earn God's forgiveness, you're going to make people earn yours. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Now, let me say this up front. Forgiveness does not mean what they did is okay. It doesn't mean that it's not wrong. And it doesn't even mean, in some cases, it doesn't even mean that you have to reconnect with that person. But there's something inside of you that has to be set free. And it'll limit what God can do in your life. Whether you think so or not, it will limit what God can do in your life if you hold on to bitterness and offense and unforgiveness. it'll, It'll totally mess you up. I've heard people say it this way. It's like drinking poison and think it's going to hurt somebody else. Oh, yeah, take this. It's not going to do anything to them. It's going to destroy you from the inside out. And not even, it won't even affect anybody else. Look at, look at verse 11 and 12 in, in Psalms 103. For his unfailing love. What kind of love is it? Unfailing. Towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as as the east is from the west. That's a long way. It keeps going. That's how far it is. And the Bible says that he will remember our sins no more. When you come to God and you've already confessed your sin, you've already realized that you've messed up, you come to God, Lord, I did it again. Did what? I've taken care of that. Because that's the God he is. He's a good God. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 21. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who re- receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So here's what he's saying so far. This new life, you live for him, not for you. Not for you to have justice served or you to feel like you, you win, but you live for him. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we, we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ And has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Listen, when you think of reconcile, when you reconcile your checkbook, you get it back down to to even. You reconcile, okay, it's back here, it's back to zero, it's back to even. When When God reconciled you, he took all of your sin and he discounted it. He paid for it for you. And gave you a fresh start. All your old life, according to this scripture, is gone. Gone. Not hidden. Gone. And it's gone and now he's given you a new life. 
He's reconciled you. He's, he's start, he gave you a fresh start. Lamentation says that God's mercies are new every morning. Every morning you wake up to new mercies. But I messed up today. Well, there's new mercy today. God is a merciful God. And the more we begin to be like him, the more merciful we're going to be towards one another. And reconcile, because then he says he's given us the, the ministry of reconciliation. All right, so he no longer counts the, the people's sins against them. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to Romans 3, 23 and 24. You know this, but I'm hitting it again. Because we have to be reminded all of the time of how God sees us. For everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. How many of you in here have sinned? If your hand is not up, you just did. Because you lied. All of us have sinned. Every one of us have sinned. Not one person in here is without sin. Verse 24, yet, meaning it's true, you've sinned, yet God with undeserved. So here's what God is saying. I'm not giving you what you deserve. That's what God says to you and to me. Listen, you didn't, even, you didn't deserve this. There's nothing you could have done on your own to earn what I'm about to give you. But because I love you, I'm giving you this, and it's not deserved. That's what undeserved means. Okay, with his undeserved kindness towards us, he declares, which means he boldly says it. When God declares something, I'm telling you, it is the truth. When God says something about you, you better grab hold of it because there's power in that because that's how this place got here. God said, let there be, and there was. That's how God created things. He's creating in you a new life and this new thing because he says, he declares, you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God. I'm not looking at you seeing your faults. I see deeper than that and I see Jesus in you. Do we have faults? Yes. Do we mess up? Yes. But Jesus looks past that and he goes I know that's there I understand you struggle yes you messed up but let me just pull back these these things real quick I want you to know inside of you is the spirit of God and I can look at that that covers all of your sin because love covers a multitude of sin and he says even though you sin and even though you fall short of this standard I still declare you're righteous if that doesn't do something for you, to, to me, I'm thinking, man, God, if you can look at me with all of my stuff and my humanness and still say I'm righteous, then what right do I have to look at someone who does something wrong and think I, can't, I have to see them as some filthy, horrible, just, oh, what a waste of dirt when you made them. And that's not, that's not God. We've all been created in the image of God. The person you're holding something against was created in the image of God. And when they receive Jesus, and you know what, even if they still struggle, and sometimes Christians hurt each other worse than other people. It's Christians. Listen, that is horrible. That doesn't represent God. 
I know more people hurt by churches and by pastors and by each other in the church than in the world. People in the world just get over it. But here we feel like, oh, oh, man, can I believe you? But in the church, we ought to be demonstrating the very love that God demonstrates to us that while we were in the middle of our mess, he still sent Jesus. That even when we do mess up, he still looks and says, you're still righteous. Yeah, you'll fall and you're going to fall because you're human. Righteous people fall, but they get back up. You know why they get back up? Because their fall isn't being held against them every time they fall. It's easy to get up when you know someone's going to give you another chance. It's easy to get up when you know God still loves you. It's easy to get up when you know that he's not looking at all your faults and judging you based on that. He's looking at you and seeing you because of who Jesus is in you. Because that's who you really are. You have been renewed. You have been, your old life is not the same. Listen, I am not Jinx. Back, that's what they called me when I was in high school. I'm not him anymore. I am a child of God who loves God with all of my heart, who still misses the mark. But I know this, that when I look at God, I don't come to him ashamed. I don't come to him my head down because I know even when I mess up, I can walk right into his presence, walk right into the throne room and have everything that I need. Because he's not holding this stuff against me. We don't put up a wall. If we put up a wall around us, then guess what? We're not letting those bad people in, but we're not letting good people in either. We got to get free. We have to get free. So if God has forgiven you, let's go to Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. Okay, now look what he says here. Give as freely as you have received. The things that God does for you. Now he's saying, now you give just like you received. I don't know how to give. Listen, you can't give forgiveness if you don't receive it. Because most of the time we forgive people the way we think God forgives us. And if we have a revelation of God's forgiveness, it will be seen in the way we forgive others. There's no question about it. That's not my interpretation. That's the word. You will forgive the way God has forgiven you. We've received it. So they say, I can't. You can. That's like Chris. I tell Chris, Chris, I want you to give Cliff $100. I don't have $100. Well, here, I'll give you $100. Now that excuse is no longer. Because I gave it to you, now you can extend it to him. If God has shown his love and his forgiveness towards us, then we can take what God has given us and give it to someone else. If we want to be mature... And we want to grow. It's going to happen. And we're going to have to exercise it. We're going to have to exercise it. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You have heard the law say, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Let me tell you something on that line. You can't, if you hate somebody, you won't pray for them. But if you pray for somebody, you won't hate them. You want to get free from something you're feeling towards somebody? Start praying for them. Sincerely. Not like, get them, Jesus. Not like that. Don't pray that prayer. But pray, Lord, I want you, Lord, bless them. I don't know what they're going through. 
I don't know why I was on the receiving end of that. But God, you know what's going on in their heart. And Lord, I'm asking right now, Lord, heal every hurt that they have. Lord, just, Lord, bless them. Extend your love and kindness. What if we pray like Jesus and Stephen prayed? Lord, don't even hold that against them. They didn't know what they were doing. Bless them. That's a whole different place. That's a whole different place. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight on both the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Listen to this. Even corrupt tax collectors and sinners do that. So we can, we can, you know, we can talk about how much we love each other when there's nothing there. But the world does that. So that doesn't set us apart. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But if you are, if you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect, which means you need to grow. And you need to continue to be like God. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, be imitators of God. Dear children, the next phrase, walk in love. Love forgives. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud. It's not rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. And listen to this. Keeps no record of wrongs. See, here's why it's hard to forgive sometimes. Because if it's hard for us to forgive, it's because we're thinking about them. And they did this. And they don't deserve this. And they should pay for that. And, and they need to know. And they need to, and they need it. And I'm telling you, forgiveness isn't about them. It's about you. It's about you saying, I want to walk in the love of God to the point where I don't keep record of wrongs. Doesn't mean that you set yourself up to be a doormat. You can have standards and you can have place in your life that you know, hey, I, I gotta stand, I gotta stand strong in this. But when you don't forgive people that hurt you, you're giving them the right to mess your life up. And then you're gonna blame them. But you've taken that right. You've taken that and said, I'm going to use this to mess my life up. And they're living theirs. They're living their life. You were the innocent person who was mistreated. But you're the one that is, is no longer living life. You know how you live life again? You forgive and you don't let any of that resonate in here. You get rid of it. And in the words of this wonderful movie, you let it go, let it go. That's all I'm going to sing. You got to let it go. You have to. Matthew 6, 9 through 15. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us our sins. Listen to the next phrase. As we, 
Say that. As we forgive those who sin against us. This is what we're saying. God, forgive us as we forgive them. Here's the question to ask yourself when you're praying that prayer. Are you forgiving? Because when Jesus says, this is how you pray, he says, you receive forgiveness and the same forgiveness that you're giving. God doesn't, God doesn't forgive us. Listen, God doesn't show up and say, fine, I forgive you. Don't you ever come near me again, no. Yeah, uh, man, fine. Yeah, whatever, be forgiven. That's not true. That's not sincere. It's just words. God truly forgives. And when we forgive, like I said, I know there's been probably some really bad things that have happened, and, and I don't know all the stuff of everybody's life, but I know this, there's some things that you do. Say, listen, I forgive, but there is a line drawn that I have to protect from being hurt or abused. And, and forgiveness don't mean you let that happen. But forgiveness means, listen, what's been done, I'm forgiven and God is restoring me. He's restoring me. But I will no longer let what someone's done a long time ago ruin the rest of my life. Because that's exactly what the enemy wanted. But God can restore and heal and, and, and set me free from whatever's happened in my past. But we have to be people that walk in forgiveness. You can read the whole thing. Read this whole thing. There is never one time when God says, well, not that. No, not that. See, forgiveness isn't permission for people to hurt us. Forgiveness doesn't mean we let people run all over. Forgiveness means, listen, when people do hurt me, I'm going to do, God gives us wisdom at what standards we set and, and, and how we can protect ourselves and certain things that we need to do. But at the same time, there is a place in our hearts that will refuse to let anything hinder us from walking out the very plans of God for our life. And there's a whole bunch I won't even I won't even try to put a number of believers today that their 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 journey is stopped because of unforgiveness and we're missing a lot of things we're missing miraculous things because Jesus couldn't even do a lot when that was there and he wants you free that's why he says listen forgive and that's why he modeled what forgiveness is, to let you know you can do it. You can. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness. He doesn't say just, you know, pray about it. No, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Anything that's bad, listen, get rid of it. There was a snake in our yard last summer, but we killed it, but it's still in my yard. Get rid of it. I don't like it. I don't, like, I don't want bitterness in my life. I don't want rage and anger and harsh words. Because if that's what's in here, we're going to talk that way. We're going to live that way. And we're going to continue to create this cycle that's bringing destruction to us. And we're looking at everybody else and telling them it's their fault. If it's in here, you let it there. 
You have to be free. You have to let God heal you. I'm not saying that if something, you're going to, it's natural. You're going to feel stuff. You're going to hurt. Okay, the fact of being hurt doesn't mean that you're never going to feel anything and people don't hurt you. They do. Whenever we go through something, that does create things. So don't, don't, make sure I don't misspeak here. I'm not saying that if you feel something, it's your fault. But if you let it live there and don't deal with it, then you begin to take responsibility for it. So it's there. Now, what are we going to do that it's there? Let's begin to allow the Lord to help us, allow the Lord to minister to us. Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive, say the next word, anyone, anyone. The person that hurt you, do they qualify in that word? They do. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You must. To to walk in all that God has for you, you're going to have to forgive. 